Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor. We've been producing some new shows on our YouTube channel. We already gave you a taste of Floors Yours. This one is called Floor Crew. It's hosted by Jonathan Romlikan, along with Gadiel Cartagena, Marco Romo, and Matt Hadifan. Every single Sunday on the YouTube channel, but at times we will post it here on the podcast feed so you can hear from hosts other than us. And now, the first episode of Floor Crew. Boom. We are live. We are populating. We are joined. Welcome to the Miami Heat Floor Crew brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. Guys, we are live for the first time this season with a brand new fresh crew. We got the floor crew here with us. We got my main man, Mr. Gadiel Cartagena. We got my main man, Mr. Marco Romo. We got a new addition to the squad, the man, Mr. Matt Hannafin. How are you, how are you doing, my man? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me on, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course and, and everybody that's watching appreciate you of course for checking us out live if you know you're stuck in through checking this heat season gutting it out right make sure you guys like the video make sure you guys subscribe as always we appreciate uh any of the support guys but let's get right into it it's been a little bit of a rough start to start the season um but there was a little bit of an uptick with getting that win in the play-in or the pre-early season tournament uh that we had um, but before getting into, you know, the season as a whole, I want to start talking about, you know, some of the players that we've had because, you know, we've seen steps up from Tyler Hero and we've seen the steps up from Bam Adebayo also, in my opinion. I feel like his assertiveness, that jump shot is smoother. We've seen a lot of things um, from the players taking steps. So I kind of want to get into the meat and potatoes of it right away. And I want to start with Tyler Hero because that's a very top hot topic of conversation. And I feel like he has taken a big step from last year. He didn't start the season as hot as maybe we would have all had wanted him to. But what he's done over the last couple of games have been really impressive, right? The the volume is, of course, up, but the percentage uh, of that true shooting percentage is becoming higher, too. It's becoming more um, close to that where you want it to be for your high-level scorer, for your volume scorer. So, um, Gad, I'll throw this one to you, my man. Um, of course, as always, love seeing your beautiful face. But <laughs> what have you liked uh, about Tyler Hero's game earlier this season? Um, so I'm honestly, I've been impressed. I didn't expect to kind of change the way that I was viewing Tyler hero as a player. Maybe I really haven't moved off of what I thought he was to begin with. I think he's a very high quality scorer, someone who is, can be capable as kind of like a secondary playmaker and kind of can just have some streaky moments from here or there. But, uh, so far he's looked really good. Like he's firmly in control with everyone that's in front of him. Like he's in control when he's on the court for the most part save for some of the fourth quarters where I feel like there's been moments where his shot selection, it's a little, eh, I don't really like it, but he very much feels like he is in control when he's on the court. And I like that. The pace is really good. I think he's been a lot smarter about what specific shots it is that he should be taking. Still getting blocked a lot more than probably any other player in the NBA, but that's fine, honestly, because he's trying to take the right shots. And I appreciate that. You're not going to get blocked every single time. So he just I like how he's trying to attack the rim a little bit. He's getting to that floater a lot more, which has looked really, really good. And he's making better reads off of a live dribble. So 
in terms of his individual game, I, was doing, I think he's doing a really good job. And in terms of how he's fitting around Jimmy and Bam, I think he's doing a really good job too. There's more movement. There's more, okay, I'm going to space to the three-point line and kind of let them have the paint. So ultimately, I'm, I'm pleased with the way Heroes looked so far. Like, I understand they haven't done the greatest while he's playing great, but I think correlation is not causation in this scenario or however the hell that saying goes. I think Hero's doing good, and I like that. And I think it's kind of on some of the other individuals on the team to start playing better in order to kind of right the ship. Absolutely, man. Like you said, just being impressed with him overall. One assist shy of a triple-double. He's been showing off the assist handle as well, and something that I've really liked that Dean Millard brought up in the comments. And guys, join the comments, join the conversation. We appreciate you guys. Um, but he says the defense has improved, and I love the off-ball reads that he's been making this season. Right, He's been good at hawking that ball and, and really getting into those passing lanes and uh, becoming much more of a well-rounded player. Also, the way that he's able to use his body. Early in the season, I saw him shrug off Drew Holiday getting into the rim. Like That's not something you would have seen him do early in his career. So I love seeing him using that a lot more to his uh, to his benefit as well. So Matt, I want you to kind of touch on some of the things you saw with, like I said, his defense, um, uh, as well as, you know, um, what's his, I think his off-ball three-point shooting. I want to say... Brady posted that it's like uh, almost over 50% on catch and shoot for off ball three point shooting. So I want to break down what you like from Tyler hero and maybe some of the things that you've also still want to see from him down the line. Well, I mean, yeah, the defense has been something that's definitely stood out to me so far as we talked about the off ball reads it feels like he's seeing plays develop before they actually develop. And that's something that you sometimes see from guys like Jimmy and that's, yeah, he, he's playing a lot more deliberate now as Campo saying, like you could see there's a, there's an added attention to detail. And there's added improvement. And I think that's just coming with the experience. I mean, this is what, what his fifth year in the league, sixth year in the league. Like you can see him beginning to develop that more and more and more as time goes on. Um, I mean, it's just some of the things that I want to see him continue to develop is like his passing, as Gad mentioned, he's more, you see more as kind of like a secondary playmaker and his passing has been really, really good. But um, as we continue this season, we're going to be having the conversation of like, all right, what's the Miami Heat point guard situation going to look like? when December comes, when January comes, when February comes, and you really kind of want to see Tyler develop more into that role. Not that he's been bad at it because he hasn't been, but you just want to see him continue to add that. Um, and like you talked about with his catch and shoot three point, like you want to, you want to see that maintain itself. Cause I mean, I think he is for the season, like 45% in total on three point shots. He's 55% over the last three games on threes on like seven and a half, eight attempts. Like he's getting him up. Obviously it's an incredibly small sample and that stuff might regress over time, but you want to see him maintain that efficiency from beyond the arc, whether it's 40%, 41%, so on and so forth. And I mean, it's been an awesome job. It's been awesome to see Tyler kind of become this lead creator with this squad, um, especially with the fact that Jimmy hasn't done a whole lot on the ball yet. And just in addition to what we've seen from Bam um, throughout the last several years, I mean, yeah, the shot selection in the fourth quarter and just sometimes the shot selection throughout a game is a little bit shaky, but that's just going to come with the Tyler Hero experiment. And that's that's what you're going to see when the offense gets mucked, when it gets mucked up in the half court and when it's not really uh, generating much of a flow. Sometimes he's had to bail them out sometimes he he hasn't but like we've seen that with him that's not going to be anything new and that's just something that we're going to have to live with over time with them and that's something that we've lived with over time with them and still had success absolutely and i i think it was the um was it the pistons game or, or it was one of the recent games where oh no it was the brooklyn game where he was keeping him close like that corner three 
falling out of bounds to hit it to draw it to one. Like he kept it closed. Don't know, Dan, my man. Appreciate you joining us. Dean Millard saying Brady. Uh, Brady saying he's uh, shooting 53% on pull up threes. I just looked it up. It's 59% on catch and shoot threes. So he's doing a really good job as far as the shots that he's taking. Like Matt said, six and seven attempts per game. If you can keep around that, hover around 40%. That's exactly what you want to look at. But you brought something up. Um, Marco, that was super, or, or sorry, that's, you brought something up that I wanted to talk about with Marco, um, which is Jimmy Butler, right? And with Jimmy Butler, it's, it's a little bit of an interesting conversation, right? Because you know what you're going to get come playoff time with Jimmy Butler, right? Jimmy Butler is in the playoffs, arguably a top five, top three guy, you know, that you want to have on your team when it comes to uh, a guy that can drag a, a, just a team on his back and is a winning player. But when it comes to the regular season, you know, we're load managing, obviously, right? Because we don't want him to, to be run down when it comes to that postseason. But what do you want to see from Jimmy Butler during the regular season, Marco? Honestly, uh, not definitely not playoff Jimmy. Uh, because if you ask him to do that throughout the whole season, you're going to burn him out like you did in the Waka or the pandemic year. Uh, but also not this Jimmy where he's not his efficient self. He's not really finishing inside the restricted area. I think they need like an in-between thing because it's like that meme, you know, does this man even care about basketball? Uh, the second coming of Jordan, you need something in the middle, uh, which is what they've gotten. Like you can't, you can't deny that Jimmy's been like not been an all-star guy ever since he got to Miami and that's who he's going to be. He's going to get back to his norms. You know, he's had rough starts before. I think he even had a rough start even last year. Uh, actually he had a hard start the year before that and then had a rough stretch in the middle. So, you know, these stretches are going to come with Jimmy because it's not, you know, the playoffs yet. Uh, so I'm I'm not worried yet. I'm just a little, you know, I'm a little cautious of what we're going to get from Jimmy the rest of the year. But I think he's going to come back to his norm. But uh, I think the shots that he's taking right now aren't aren't my favorite because they're not coming off of, like, the best actions that Miami usually runs for him. It's usually a lot of like elbow touches for him, post touches. I think it's too much, too many post touches at this point. He's trying to bully guys. Like that's what Jimmy does. But if you bully, if you try to bully throughout a season, you're you're not a center. That's not gonna work. So I think getting him better shots, easier shots, cuts. You know, I love whenever Jimmy cuts on the baseline, especially when Bam has the ball at the elbow. That's like one of my favorite actions Miami has. Uh, I think those will come soon. But hopefully, you know, hopefully that efficiency comes back to you know the Jimmy that we know. Absolutely. And I think to one of your points that you made, you know, um, unfortunately, he's not 2013 LeBron where you can run a post up offense and just fully make a whole season out of that. Right. Because uh, essentially that's what we did when Braun was here was just post him up. And once he learned how to do that after the first season and got that under his bag, that was a big part of the offense. But with Jimmy Butler, you don't want to run him down to the ground with that. You don't want to put his body into that. You know, he's a guy that has to be a little more physical. He's not the same build as LeBron. So he has to be a little more physical when using his body and coming to the post. So I loved what you said. I think making him a little bit more of an off-ball player, right? Whether it's Bam that has the ball in his hands or whether it's Tyler Hero that has the ball in his hands, right? Making him a guy um, that's able to be like a slasher, right? Like how D-Wade kind of became that secondary player off of LeBron, right? That's kind of what you want to do is you want to make him um, that secondary guy at times. You don't want him to be the primary at all times because, I mean, at the end of the day, we have two young guys that are bound to be all-stars in Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero that should be carrying the load during the regular season. But Jimmy... The way you want him to match up his play style to what the way this team is playing right now for a regular season, like you said, Marco, I think exactly what you said. You want him to to pick and choose his spots for when he's going to be posting up. Obviously, ideally, 
fourth quarter situations. You need a bucket. You put it to Jimmy in the fourth. But that's not where you want to start off in the first quarter, sticking the offense down, isolation plays with Jimmy. You want to start moving it earlier. And then when you need those buckets late, you can get those all later than there. But let's move on. I want to talk about some of the young guys as well because we've seen some bright spots. Uh, bright spots. Um, obviously, Haywood uh, only played a couple of games so far, but he's looked really good in my opinion. Uh, we've also seen uh, really some good flashes from uh, – uh, Jaquez, I loved his game so far. He has a very mature game, uh, which is not something you can say about a lot of rookies or a lot of young players, but he has a very mature game. He fits into the offense pretty well. Of course, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to have growing moments, but he's doing really well. Um, and then, of course, there's Drew Smith. So, Gad, um, I was just curious, um, as far as like some of the young guys, give me just a breakdown on your favorite one that you've seen so far this season. Uh, yeah, for me... I mean, I think Hawkes would be the obvious choice because it's something that's new, but I've really loved the fact that Haywood, Hays Haywood Highsmith has grown into a role player that legitimately fits this team. Um, I was high on Haywood Highsmith to begin with. I did not think he would turn into like almost a starting caliber 3 and D type player, which you could argue he's at that level right now. Although I'll say the, the shooting will probably come back down to earth. His splits are like 63, 70 something right now. Like it's outrageous. Um, but I think he's someone that really fits the mold of like, okay, what is the Heat's prototypical four bin in the Jimmy and Bam era? It's been like that three and D guy who can kind of play as like a like a pseudo four slash five defensively. Not that Haywood, you want him to bang down there against fives all the time. I mean, Daniel Gafford had a bucket on him, I believe, and Gallinari as well last game. But someone that can at least like tag a tag a rolling center and kind of slow them down a little bit, and also box out and grab rebounds and kind of open things up in the paint while being able to screen and hit threes on the other end. So the fact that he's able to just do a whole bunch of these things is really impressive. I'm just, I'm proud of the way that he fits, honestly. Like if he's able to continue shooting at this level, I understand that things are going to kind of ebb and flow throughout the season, but if he can stay at like a, like a 37 to 40% three point shooter on decent volume, meaning like three or four threes a game, I think that makes a big difference for this forward rotation because they have guys that can do a little bit of everything. They don't have a guy that can kind of put all the things together. I think Haywood can be that guy and he helps you out a lot. So I, I'm proud of the way that Haywood has played and I'd like to see him get more minutes. Like if you bump him up and maybe keep shrinking Kevin, Kevin Love's uh, spot in the rotation, I think that ultimately benefits the team. And then you can kind of use Kevin Love to size up a little bit more, come more important games in the, in the regular season and playoffs. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up, who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products, and that's why I use Harry's Shaving products. I love the way it handles. I love the way it looks, and I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard so better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German-engineered blades made in their own factory, so they stay sharp longer. means you can use them longer. And also, they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as 2 bucks, half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash five. That's harrys.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. Harrys.com backslash five for your $3 trial set. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I mean, to your point, the first game of the season, when I saw Kyle Lowry and Kevin Lover starting, I'm like, are we in 2013? Um, like, that's not the, the lineup you want to see in 2023, you know? Like you said, when it comes to playoffs, those are guys that are going to give you some really quality minutes. They have that playoff experience, championship experience that you want on your team. But when it comes to day one uh, starting lineup, you know, definitely would much rather have a Haywood Highsmith that is, of course, going to make some mistakes, but you'd rather him make those learning mistakes throughout the course of the season. He has some experience under his belt now from, you know, being with his teams in the playoffs and, and going through a grimy regular season with us, right? Um, so now he's just going to be more polished. We see when those guys go through, like a Gabe Vincent, they have a rough year, and then they understand the system. They understand where to fit, right? You, you see that with a lot of Heat players. So we're seeing that with Haywood Highsmith take that thing. Van Lee saying Caleb Martin plus Tyler Hero contracts match Donovan Mitchell perfectly. I am not getting blue-balled anymore for the rest of my life as a Heat fan, so I... um. I refuse to make any expectations for any types of trades when it comes to this team. I mean, we had somebody demand a trade and said Miami only, but he didn't come here. All right, we're going to move on. But, um, Matt, let's uh, let's break down some more of these young guys, man. Um, I'm, not, I'm also going to throw Duncan in there because let's say young guys slash role players. Um, we can even, um, you know, give them a, some love too. But um, as far as some of those guys that are obviously not part of our quote-unquote big three, um, who have you enjoyed seeing the most and, and what have you enjoyed out of them? I mean, I'll go with the the layup here. I'll go with Hawkeyes. I mean, the thing with I've talked about before, I'm I on watch playback. Please go check that out when we when we do that during games. Um, and on five on the floor, is I've been very impressed with his defense. And it's like his defense is rookie. Like he was an all pack twelve defender at UCLA, but like you can see he has the instincts, he has um he he reads the scouting report, like he knows the tendencies of some of these guys. Like you see some of the you go back and look back at the tape with some of the defense that he played against, like Mikhail Bridges, against Jason Tatum. Like, he's doing this against league creators. He's doing this against some of the best offensive players in the sport. Um, and, like, he's incredibly strong. He's incredibly sturdy. He has good balance. Uh, he has the foot speed. He has good hands. Like, he has all that you want to see from a guy who's, what, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, um, and, and, again, he's just a rookie. Like, he, he, had, he, he came in the league as being known as a team defender but we've seen him individually in space um, and even like sometimes in the post, like him hold his own. And, but like, I'm just going back to what you were talking about, like with like Duncan, like Duncan looks a lot more comfortable. I think he's like 38, 39% from deep right now, but it feels a lot greater than that because of his impact on the floor from what he could provide from a gravity standpoint. And then him just being off the ball. He has amazing feel as a cutter. He has amazing feel as kind of like, he's a guy who, when you run like a staggered screen for someone else, he's a guy who, if he's that first or second screener can slip. And he, he's just, he's always been incredibly good with that. Um, 
I do also, I lost my train of thought for a second, but you let's go on. Let's move. Let's move with the course. No, perfect, man. I mean, I think you broke down two of the guys that I, I, I kind of wanted to talk about too. Like you said, uh, with Hawkeyes and Duncan, um, just kind of breaking down Duncan a little bit more. Even the stuff that he's doing uh, with his ball in the hands, it's no longer solely dribble handoff, right? I think we were all sick and tired of the dribble handoff. And now it's really not as, as much prominence as far as that being the only way he's creating shots. He's getting to the rim. He's, you know, always been an excellent and underrated finisher. He's always been one of the best guys. <laughs> Matt, come on now. We love those boys. Um, and, um, I, you know, some of those, like I was saying, some of the reads that he's making um, – in the rim, he's, he just has a really good feel for the game. Obviously, when he initially got the contract, there was everything that's you know could be said about that. But he's still fitting into the team really well. You know, he's not as much of a negative as previously, right? You you expect um, sometimes you obviously target you're they're targeted on defense, but he's holding his own a little bit more, right? You're starting to see them just kind of grow up a little bit more. Tyler Hero and him just grow up as far as filling out their bodies a little bit more, just being a little more mature on the types of way that their hands are being in the defense. Um, so Marco, the one last guy that we didn't get to that I want to talk about is Jovic, right? And he had an excellent summer with the uh, FIBA basketball. You know, I think his team made it all the way to the um, second place and getting um, silver with FIBA. And he was a, a, you know, a big part of that. And, you know, when you go through that experience and you play that type of basketball, do you think he's more fit towards that and that's why he had so much success there versus here. Do you think maybe it's just him still growing into his body? He just graduated high school not over a year ago. So what do you think maybe is the main reason um, that he hasn't shown the flashes that he's shown during the FIBA time in the summer? Uh, I think, obviously, it's a mixture of not getting enough playing time. And his body just isn't ready. Uh, Eric Spoles has always said, if you can play defense, you're going to get a spot in the rotation. Uh, unless you're like a veteran, like uh, like veterans that don't play uh, defense that well, they're they usually get a little more leeway. Sorry to uh, point out Kevin Love like that, uh, but yeah, I think Jovic, the FIBA game is way different than the NBA game, and he also had a lot more freedom in the FIBA game, and also honestly during summer league, like that's more of an area that he can showcase some of his stuff. Uh, but in the NBA, it's the pecking order is a lot harder to get to the top, uh, especially on a team like Miami that has so many guys that can't handle the ball, that, you know, know how to play off the ball. He's just more of a guy that's still learning, like, what is my role in this league? Not even just on this team, like, in the league in general. So it's him trying to find his role. Uh, once he does and he's like, okay, this is what I can do. I can be this kind of player or I can fit in here. Uh, but whenever he does find that spot, I hope that he gets a, sh a shot in the system, in the Miami system, whether that's still getting some, you know, reps and Sioux Falls or, you know, maybe more in-game reps. Uh, I don't know when those will come, but, you know, sometimes it just takes guys a little while to, you know, get into their rhythm and get to where they want to be in the league. So, and Jovic has always been, you know, he's always going to be a guy that is, he wasn't going to be a hot guess where he was going to come in and immediately, you know, contribute. He's He was a 18-year-old kid that came out, of, that was still in high school whenever Miami drafted him. So it's going to take a while for him. It's He's always going to be, you know, an experimental player for Miami. So it, I preach a lot of patience with him, um, but I still think he's going to have a role in this league. I just don't know what that role is going to be because he doesn't know it either. Yeah, and to your point, you know, um, you know, PV saying he thinks Jovic is hobbled. I mean, there could, I mean, every player I think is never at 100% in the league. And like you said, he's still developing. So I'm sure um, still kind of growing into his body as well. So he's still, under, like you said, Marco, understanding uh, his spot and 
you know, when Caleb Martin comes back, I'd love for him to, to see him uh, go down to Sioux Falls and, and, like you said, get some of those on-ball reps, especially on-ball defensively, right? Because there are some really talented players in Sioux Falls that are excellent one-on-one players. So I'd love to see him get matched up with some of those guys um, just to get some of those reps defensively as well so he can start growing in that manner. Um, insurance by Lynette. Miss Lynette, we appreciate you always joining us, as always, um, saying he still looks lost on defense, which is true, right? He's still figuring out how to fit himself within the Miami Heat defense. But I think, like Marco said, patience is going to be key with him. We've seen flashes during FIBA. We've seen flashes during uh, preseason. And, you know, as being as young as he is, I, I think we have to temper our expectations with him. You know, um, he's not KZ Okpala, where he's going to become Giannis in a couple of years. So we're still waiting for that to still happen. But, you know, we still, you know, with Jovic, there's, there's a Good, potent, good potential that he could be a guy who's almost seven foot tall that can handle the ball, pass the ball, shoot the ball from three, right? Um, he's still finding his body, still finding his role within the league. But guys, we're almost upon 20, you know, almost about 25, 30 minutes here. So I want to get into our last thing, which is the big picture with the Miami Heat team, right? So Gad, I'll start with you. Um, and then we'll circle back around with every. Actually, no, Marco, I'll start with you. I'll let you yeah, finish with every topic with you last time. Marco, I'll start with you this time, and we'll circle back around to Gad. So this Miami Heat team, right, uh, obviously, like we talked about, there's a couple of bright spots on this team, even uh, though our record might not show it. Um, and there's a couple of stuff that we can improve on. So I want you to give me um, one thing that you really want to see change uh, as the season progresses uh, with this team moving forward. Uh, one thing, I guess, in the macro sense, offense in general, uh, which is funny because Eric Spolstra never talks about offense. He's always like, oh, it's always our defense. But to see him go at the offense, like the first two weeks of the season, he's like, we need to practice. We're just focusing on offense. Uh, that's been basically the big thing for Miami. They, they can't score. And also they can't defend. They haven't been good at one thing. Uh, but he knows that this team can be a good defensive team. And honestly, I think they can too. Uh, I think when you have Jimmy and Bam, you can have a league average defense, not a bottom, you know, 10 defense in the league. Uh, I think the defense will come around. It's really just the offense for me. And I think we need more offside action because Miami, uh, something that uh, was pointed out on Twitter, I forget who pointed it out, was I think it might have been John Jablanca. He said Miami runs a similar uh, offense to Golden State, but Golden State has a lot more, you know, weak side action and they run a lot more stuff off the ball than Miami does. And that's the thing Miami, I think, has to incorporate more because they're not a type of team that has, you know, a Steph Curry or, you know, a Klay Thompson level kind of guys. Uh, Klay Thompson may not be the same guy, but he still gets respected the same way around the league. So I think Miami yeah, has to. Winners. Well, yeah, exactly. So they still get that same respect. Miami's guys are still kind of more unproven than those guys. Uh, I think more off-ball stuff, more, you know, action with intention. Uh, because a lot of action that Miami has this year is just a lot of, you know, what are we doing? We're kind of going through a last-second pick-and-roll here, or we're just going to cut for the sake of cutting. So there needs to be a lot more intention in their action. Uh, I also want to see them clean up a lot of the really bad, uh, you know, the stretches that Eric Spolster pointed out. They can blow up a lead either to 16 or the, the lead shrinks right back down to like four or three points. It, those stretches have been killing them this year. Uh, against the Wizards, you know, they did a better job of that until the fourth quarter where, you know, they let their foot off the gas. But there's a lot of those stretches this year that they can – they have a lot of opportunities for them to, like, blow up a lead or they just they just either wither down and, like, they let it get to their heads and everything kind of snowballs after that. So cutting down on those, you know, runs that they've kind of let up, uh, I think they really need to fix that. And that, 
and that look that makes the season look a lot better you know whenever you clean that up and you know you get these easier wins you know you get like a 15 point win against you know the you know the worst teams in the league which they have a good stretch coming up where they can build up on that or they can have like even more clutch games which i hope not but you know they have a good shot here in the upcoming schedule you know Absolutely, man. And to the to your point with that, we have had a gauntlet um, as far as the teams we've had to play through early in this. A lot season. of road games too. Yeah, and exactly a lot of road games. So there will be a positive turn with this season, right? On top of that, Haywood Highsmith has just gotten healthy. We're still getting Caleb Martin back, right? The wing defenders on this team. This is a wing-driven league, guys. So if you don't have wing defenders on this team, uh, it makes it a lot harder to pick up on those on those players, right? Those Chris Middletons. Um, those Jason Tatum's, right? Those players like that. You stick a Caleb Martin on those guys, and maybe they're not gonna hold him off as, as much, but they're gonna make it hard, right? You stick up Haywood Highsmith, and he can hold his own against those guys. So I love to see as the season goes on, those guys get integrated, the lineup get a little bit more assured. I think that's gonna be a, a big defensive boost when it comes to this team, as well as, like you said, Marco, finding purpose on offense, right? I think when you have guys like Haquez and Jovic having to plug in and even guys like drew smith where i didn't really expect him to be getting as much minutes right when those guys are playing early in the season they're still figuring out what to do on offense so the motion isn't as smooth right it's not as um oiled up and, and ran through as many times uh, pause but you know we're gonna you know, as far as that um you know like you said you want to just become a little bit better <laughs> as far as that's concerned matt give me something you want to see as far as uh some changes uh down the season continuing through the season with the miami heat rebounding Miami's bottom five, bottom six team in rebounding percentage. They've been a mediocre defensive rebounding team. And we know this team historically, it, they don't really offensive rebound at a high rate. They they prioritize transition defense over that. Um, but as Pat Riley once famously said, no rebounds, no rings. And like people say defense wins championships. Well, rebounding also wins championships. It goes hand in hand. Um, and that speaks to kind of like the defensive struggles a little bit, but like the most important thing or one of the most important things about closing possession, like about defense is closing possession. Um, and when you're a bottom five, bottom six team in rebounding percentage, that's obviously not going to, that's not conducive to success or at least long-term success. Um, and so that's one thing right now that like, yeah, you're nitpicking through a six game sample of what you want to see Miami improve, but that's definitely something that you, that you have to improve if you want to make it at least into May, into June. And this isn't the first time we've seen this with Miami, but like, it's obviously not something that you want to to spill over a 20, a 30, a 40 plus game sample. Um, and so I guess that's just the one thing I'm looking for for Miami to improve right now is let's collectively rebound. I mean, Bam is one of the guys, one of the best guys in the league at boxing out, but you need five guys on the glass like that. It, you, it can't just be one person. Um, and so I think that's what Miami can do better in the long term is just rebounding the ball collectively as a unit. Absolutely. I think Tyler Hero even recently brought up about him um, being a good rebounder for his size, right? And I think that is true. I think he's an excellent rebounder for his size, and I think he can continue to be that as well. And, and to your point about rebounding, I mean, rebound Bosch, back out to Allen, his three-pointer bang, right? Talk to the Spurs. Um, the, obviously, you know, no rebounds, no rings, right? So um, that's definitely a big part of, you know, having to do that with the future team. Because if you're giving, um, if you're a great team defensively, but you're giving up stops, uh, if you're giving up, uh, sec I'm sorry, second uh, options, right? If you're giving up second rebounds, second chance points, it just becomes harder. You have to defensively lock in for 60 seconds in a row instead of just 24 max, right? So now it becomes a lot harder, um, that math didn't math, but it becomes a lot harder as far as, um, just how the things roll, um, you know, with the 
making your defense a little bit smoother with that. Now, yeah, close this out, my man. Um, and then I'll let you, I'll close out on the show, man. Yeah, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, I think they've, they played some tougher matchups to start the year um, in terms of Minnesota is going to be a tough matchup for them offensively. I think Milwaukee's a tough matchup for us defensively. Boston's a tough matchup on eh, offensively. Defensively, I don't really think they're all that, although they have some f- guys that can stick with Jimmy, but eh, I, I don't know. Regular season Jimmy, they can stick with. Postseason Jimmy, that's a different story. Anywho, um, I would like to see them kind of just find their comfort zone offensively every every game there's been pockets where it looks really good then there's pockets of incompetence where everything's going east east west you're not getting stuff downhill you're taking bad jumpers you're not playing to your strengths i think there's some players like tyler that have been playing to their strengths the entire year i'd like to see some of the other guys get comfortable now i still think even with them getting comfortable and finding their roles ultimately this team is going to feel incomplete because you're going to end up needing someone else who can get some sort of tertiary or secondary rim pressure. You need someone who can get the damn ball in the paint. And you can, you need someone who can make a play in the paint with the ball in their hands. So I, I think that's still going to be lacking, but I think they will, they will become a little bit more comfortable. I think you'll see Jaime have the ball in his hands a little bit more. I think you'll see Jay Rich have the ball in his hands a little bit more. Fingers crossed that actually ends up working out. If he can start playing a little bit more deliberately, like Tyler, and not really trying to pick and choose all these different roles and just Find like one or two things that you need to do on offense every single game. I think that'll help these lineups a lot um, because there's been moments where he's been on the floor and it, it feels a little helter-skelter, and that's fine. You know what? You're on a new team. I understand he played here before, but this is a different Miami Heat team that he's playing with right now. He never played with this iteration of the Heat. So I think just finding comfort, man. There's a lot of new pieces in the puzzle right now. So I think they will get there at some point. This is a good basketball team. I don't, th- I don't think it's a great basketball team right now but I think they have potential to be great in the future. So we'll see where it ends up going, but that's it. That's my spiel. Absolutely, man. And and to your point, I I do think this is um, a good basketball team that, I mean, you throw them in the playoffs or anybody, they can be dangerous, right? I mean, uh, I don't care what everybody says. Obviously I'm probably one of the most hurt people about us not getting Dame, but at the end of the day, you put, you know, Jimmy Butler um, and, and surround him with some solid guys to get in the playoffs. I mean, we didn't have Tyler Hero last year. We went to the finals, right? And and Tyler's come back pretty solid to start off the season. I've loved what I've seen from him so far. He's really shown some growth. I think um, mentally, I think I see, we see a lot of the growth, right? The growth has been very mental in his game. Of course, there's a lot of the physical aspects, but mentally he's grown a lot. But before closing it out, I do want to answer one of the questions that Van Lee asked, which teams are you guys secretly hoping to fail to get some of their players at the deadline. Um, so I want to do a quick spin around the room real quick. Just keep it real quick. My quick answer, I would love to see Chicago fail so we can get like a Zach Levine. Um, but Gad, I'll roll it to you. Who would you love to see fail so we can potentially pick up? I don't even need a Zach Levine. Van Lee, I 100% agree with your answer. Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie, specifically Dinwiddie. Dorian Finney-Smith is a little redundant on this team, but I still take him. Uh, specifically Dinwiddie. That would make a big difference for this team, in my opinion. Marco. I'd say Detroit, but they're going to fail anyway. So I'm actually going to hop onto your bandwagon of the Bulls. Bring me Alex Cruz. So I, that's one of my favorite guys in the league to watch play defense. He's like, he's like a white Marcus Smart. So bring me white Marcus Smart. Or also, honestly, the Grizzlies as well. You know, just bring me regular Marcus Smart, honestly. <laughs> Matt, close this up, man. Who do you want on the team? I mean, my, my first answer was Washington, but they're going to be bad anyways just because of Tyus Jones. Um, I mean, maybe like Toronto with, I mean, maybe Toronto with like 
Siakam, even though that's an unrealistic option because it's all, one dealing with Masai Ujiri and two, it's Pascal Siakam. You're not probably not going to get him for for cheap. Um, I'll just stick with Tyus Jones. I mean, I'm not really rooting for a team to fail because we still have to, we know who's going to be bad most likely. Um, but there's, I guess, some kind of gray area with some teams. Brooklyn with Dorian Finney-Smith is a good option with from what Gad said. Um, but I'll stick with the Tyus Jones. Maybe even trade Jones from San Antonio. I don't know. But I don't think they're going to trade them, him either. So, Gad? I'm also – I don't care about any of the players on their team to trade for, but I am preying on Portland's downfall for ancillary reasons. So if they keep losing – and I, listen, I root for Scoot Henderson, but if he happens to have one of the worst rookie years of all time, Leave it at that. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. I, and secondarily, um, maybe not towards the deadline, but I would love to see the Cleveland Cavaliers fail just to potentially, you know, see what Donovan Mitchell wants to do out there. But at that note, guys, we love talking about trades. We love who talking about who we can have on this team. We got to talk about who we do have. And I appreciate the whole crew here. We had Gad. We had my main man, Marco. And the new blood, Mr. Matt Hannafin, appreciate you joining. But guys, as always, everybody in the comments, we appreciate you joining as always. Make sure you guys like the video. Make sure you guys subscribe if you aren't. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Discord as well, and, and everything as far as uh, what we do here. And we'll see you guys next week on Sunday night. So appreciate you guys joining off the floor, or sorry, the floor crew here. Uh, and you have a great night. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.